0: What's going on guys? Alhamdulillah. Just got done recording an amazing episode With our first sister on the podcast And also my cousin, Ummi <laughs> Hussein. alhamdulillah yeah. uh, She's someone who's been working with those With intellectual and developmental disabilities For the last 10 years And starting an initiative known as Garabsi You know, supporting those with special needs Advocating, right So subhanallah, I'm thankful for having her on It was an amazing conversation I mean, we talked about so much uh, From what's going on on the ground In the Muslim community, the Muslim Saman community what she does in terms of her work and what she hopes the future to bring uh, inshallah so i think we touched a lot of points she shared a lot of knowledge that i was able to take in and i think you guys are going to benefit immensely it was such a fruitful conversation so thank you so much for this podcast i think it was very beneficial and i think you guys will enjoy this episode all right y'all stay tuned Assalamu alaikum. I'm your host, Idris Ali Nasir, and you guys are tuning in to an episode of Talk Ya Haq, the podcast where we discuss the relevant topics impacting us, Muslim Western youth, to better connect with our faith, inshallah. Today, I'm so excited to bring to you guys our first sister. Also, I'm proud to say my cousin, Ummi Hussein. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited um, to come on your podcast finally. Of course,
0: of course. Of course. For those who do not know, uh, Ummi is a community coordinator, resource manager for the Developmental Disability Administration of Washington State. Yep. With over 10 years of experience working with those with intellectual and developmental disabilities here in Washington State. Yes. Um, had a lot of things going on with you. Uh, projects initiative that you're working with that i'd love to go into uh, but can you just tell us a little bit about yourself your line of work and and where you're at currently?
1: Yeah, so thank you. Just like you said, I'm work. I work with people with developmental disabilities. I have been doing that for over ten years now. Alhamdulillah, um, this is an area that I'm passionate about. Anybody that knows me, you know, anytime they talk to me, this is this always comes into the conversation. Um, and Alhamdulillah, recently I started to just um, step outside of my, you know, nine to five and. and figure out what I can do for the community itself in this area because this is a, this is a population that I love working with and I want to grow in this field. So thank you again for just you know having me and to talk about this topic which right. is really really important and it's really neglected in our community so Allah. inshallah um we hope to make some head waves here and bring more awareness and more change that's much needed here so excited
0: i'm, I'm excited to do just that inshallah Umie. um yeah so can you please just segue into like how did you get into this line of work where did your journey begin
1: well, it's funny because I say a lot of times that this was an accident for me. <laughs> wow. um, you know, growing up, uh, as you as you know, um, I was always um, pursuing a degree. Like our families, they all they all expect us to, you know, go into the medical field, some some sort in that field, like nursing or a doctor and things like that. So my 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 um, journey at the beginning was no different. I was going to school to become a nurse. Um, I was doing all the pre- prerequisites. I was ready. I started applying for nursing school. And um, surprisingly, the, um, the year that I was supposed to apply for nursing school, I started taking psychology classes. And mind you, I did not like psychology wow. when I had to take it for nursing school. So um, I started uh, taking when I went to university, I started taking a class called social psychology. And during that time, I was also working for an agency that serves people with developmental disability. And also, that was also an accident. I didn't wow. know the job I was applying to. I thought I was getting more experience towards my nursing degree. And it involved, you know, helping people with medication, helping people like, you know, with day to day activities. Little did I know that these people were actually people that had um, de- developmental dis- de- delays, and that can vary. You know, we're talking about autism, Down syndrome. Um, so any any sort of delay or uh, disability that individuals are born with or they get it before the age of 18. So mm. to my surprise, my first day at work, um, I meet someone who has a Down syndrome. And mind you, you know, growing up, we're not like we don't talk about disability we Mm -hmm. don't talk about people that look different from us and so that's really unfortunate and that's that's also my goal is to change that right so alhamdulillah fast forward is a long journey but Allah has redirected my path and I feel like this has always been um, my purpose in life and I just didn't know it and um, I'm thankful that you know Allah redirected me I didn't know it at the time I didn't understand it but now that I'm here I feel like this is where I meant to be and this is where you know i'm just really feel fulfilled, um, helping this community. So long story short, I didn't apply to nursing, (laughs) didn't tell my family for a while (laughs) and uh, pursued my degree in psychology with the intention of coming out and working in this field and growing my knowledge and uh, my skills, serving the people. And alhamdulillah, right after I graduated, I was able to get a job with uh, DDA, Developmental Disability Administration, and I've been there since then and it just it just gets better and better from there so I don't know. Yeah. so
0: currently with your work that you do right now uh kind of what is the what is the What's day to
1: day so of um so I want to go back um, a little bit to talk about kind of the evolution of um, disability within this country. Okay, yeah, perfect. Back in the day, you know, not even that long ago, like 50, 60 years ago, people with disabilities didn't really have much resources or tools in the community. Mm. In fact, families, you know, when they had a child with autism or Down syndrome or any other, you know, disability that we know, um, they kind of, it was really challenging for them to keep their children at home and to support them at home. Right. And so the, the states around this country, they created institutions. And so the institutions were created to house these people, unfortunately. So even within this country, there wasn't a lot available. So. DDA came about to serve these population within the community, mm. and so part of our job is to help people live in their own homes, either with their families or in their apartments, and then we provide them uh, with uh, supports that they need to be able to maintain their livelihoods in the community. In fact, when I actually transitioned from nursing to psychology, one of the classes I was taking is called research psychology, and I think that was the 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 pivoting point for me is when I did my research paper, I actually did it on um, the, um, what do you call it, the theory that people who live in the community, people with developmental disabilities, who live in the community, have a better quality of life Mm. than those that live in institutions. That's what my paper was based on. And Mm. so after doing that paper, it just opened my eyes to the importance of integrating people back into the community. And so with DDA, we have different departments. Each department uh, serves different purposes. We have eligibility and intake where people apply for DDA so they can receive services. And then we offer services like... We contract with home care agencies so that they can send caregivers to people's homes to Mm -hmm. support them with whatever level of support that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also manage those contracts. So currently, I've done case management work where I would go to people's houses and assess their support needs um, and so that we can determine how many hours they need. And so and then we pay, you know, the agencies that work with them. And now I work with mainly just managing contracts. So as a resource manager, I manage contracts for agencies and we pay them we determine how much each person you know gets paid based on their support needs so that's my current work so it's it's a lot right, <laughs> it's it so- a lot it sounds it sounds um, like it it's yeah yeah and we we're also split up into children and adults mm. teams. so I work mainly with adults so one thing people forget is that you know we a lot of times we see kids with disabilities and you know at school I'm sure you've seen you know kids at school but they have their own um classes what we forget is that these kids grow up Mm. you know and they become adults and they get out of school and they graduate and a lot of times families they don't know what to do after the child finishes school and so working with adults i got to see what adulthood looks like for for these kids and Mm. for these you know adults that come and what does what
0: does it look like
1: well, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's, it depends on the level of support that the person needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people sometimes, you know, it, they don't, it's hard for them to under, like to understand when you are not interacting with someone with disability on a day to day basis, like I am, or even have a child with disability that, you know, their support needs and th- th- it varies. But nevertheless, they each can, you know, thrive in their own ways. So when a child finishes school, there's still stuff for them to do um, in the community. And one of the big things that we do is employment. We, we help, um, we contract with employment agencies to provide coaching and assistance to adults that want to go into employment after they finish school. In fact, there is when your child, I would highly advise even like, you know, families, when your child is about to graduate school, make sure they're enrolled in, you know, what called uh, school to work programs mm. this is going to prepare them into going into the working field um, sometimes you know family <laughs> they're like what do you mean my child can't work like right. they need help around the clock mm. um, but you'll be surprised at what the individual can do if given the chance and, and I- that's what I see
0: and I really want to dive into like this sentiment like this is I think this is like one of the main reasons why we're doing this podcast, raising mm-hmm, awareness. It's mm-hmm. like the, inclus- the inclusion, inclusion yeah. right? And, and the importance of integrating and being accepting and, and tolerant, right? And yeah. combating the stigma of dis- uh, those with uh, people with disabilities being unable. Yeah, so yeah. like you talking about getting them jobs, right? Uh, you know, following up after school, putting them, in, uh, so, uh, and putting them into programs where they can thrive. Yeah. Um, you know subhanallah i want to dive into that more yeah. what do you feel like what do you feel like is this stigma that's associated either within the ummah or community at large here in the west that is so detrimental when it comes to those people yeah. with disabilities.
1: So I want to focus on within our, with our within our uh, community, our Muslim community, our Somali community, because in the Western world, like I said earlier, you know they've come a long way, and they're really ahead of the game. We're really behind. Mm. We're very behind. So here in Washington, people with disabilities, they have rights, just like you and I have rights. Right. They have rights to have access to anything that we have access to. They have organizations that provide advocacy work and you know support groups and things like that and so and and families you know uh, western families they're really good at advocating for their kids like if something Mm -hmm. is out there they're going to go after it and get it i can tell you the number of things that we at the state have approved for families because you know there's always an exception to rules and these families they want the best for their kids which is you know Right. right. In doing so. And so within our community, we don't know this information. So a lot of our kids here, you know, they they lack that access. They, lo- they lack that accommodation, like just going back to school. I don't see a lot of I see a lot of um, kids. You know, in the children's program within our department, but I don't see a lot of adults mm. in the adult programs. Like, really? so once, once someone becomes an adult, they have to transition into the adult um, programs. And I don't see, and I feel like it's because they just fall out because they don't know what's available. They don't know what to do. So when, when someone, you know, becomes into that adulthood and we're talking about 18 to 21. So 21 is the, and like the last, adulthood age when someone comes into adulthood um so i mean just just focusing on employment um We have so many employments, businesses out there that employ people with disabilities. Starbucks does it. Microsoft has an amazing. Safeway, Safeway, you know, they do bagging or shelving, like whatever that individual is able to do. Um, I don't think we see, you know, Mm. Somali people or Muslim people in Mm. these areas, right? Because families are afraid, rightly so. Even in this. Uh, in this country just recently there used to be and when i say recently just when i started working for dda like Mm. there used to be workshops for people with develop with disabilities they kind of segregated you know families wanted them to work but these workshops were created for them to kind of just you know do some assembly work but then be away from the community right Mm. um get paid minimum like less than minimum wage and so it was still segregated that segregation was still happening just like you know just five years ago Mm. (laughs) less than 10 years ago Um, but there was a really big push to close those Mm. Workshops and get people integrated back into the community. It was scary for families, which is, you know, understandable because they didn't want their child to be, you know, uh, stigmatized. They didn't want their child to go through any hardship. But a lot of families, they realize now that this was the best thing that could happen to their kids. And we're talking about adults, actually, like Mm. people in their 30s, 40s, 50s that have been in these workshops, just, you know away from society. Mm. So I'm, I, I was, it was really just, you know, really great to see them integrated back into the community and get jobs and see companies like Microsoft and Amazon come out with these programs that employ more, um, people mm. that have, um, uh, disabilities. Mm. But we don't have that. Like our mm. families, they still, mm. you know, don't have, uh, that access. And I think a lot of it has to do with lack of education and awareness and just you know, I think when you when you educate yourself on what's possible, then you tend to, you know, explore and go out and um, access these. And Mm -hmm. then we also don't have advocacy. One of the big things in our community is we don't have, you know, uh, our own organizations Mm -hmm. that cater only to people with disabilities.
0: And can yeah. you, because I know this This is actually an yeah. excellent segue, <laughs> we can actually go into your initiative, initiative known as Gut yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what that is?
1: Yeah, so um Opsi came about, the name came about just a year ago, okay. but the idea has always been in my th- in my head for a long time, ever since I started working in this field, I became really aware of like how our community responds and how our community reacts to people with disabilities, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times it was just me thinking like, okay, why is it that my aunt can't go out with her kids to community events? Why can't Mm -hmm. she just go to the masjid with community events? And I also have friends that have, you know, um, siblings with disabilities, like I don't see them out with them. I don't see them in our massages, you know, and families are are having to make that decision of staying home with their children because they don't feel um, comfortable going into these spaces, you know. Just you and I, you know, we take it for granted when we go to the massages, and we don't think about, oh, you know, is this place comfortable for someone who, for example, has a wheelchair, and um, is this place comfortable for families that have children, you know, a, a different type, any any disability to come and and be uh, involved and be accepted and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. We just go in and out, and we don't think about those things. So for me. I became because I'm in this field. I became really much more aware of that—that that lack of accessibility mm-hmm. and accommodation that um, exists in our communities. So, just the past year, like you know, the pandemic right. <laughs> put us all in a—you know—it <laughs> right. shut us out. All, all we had was you know this this um, this time to really. Do something that is meaningful and purposeful, and because this is my area of passion, I just said, you know what? If someone else is not doing it, which I've tried to find and I've tried to reach out to people and see, you know, if if something exists out there, and, and particularly here in Seattle. Right. Um, and I just couldn't find something that was specifically catered to this population, and it's much needed. We have a lot of organizations, Alhamdulillah, that serve the community and families, but these people, they need um, special attention. Hmm. They need and what somewhere. is that? What
0: is that special attention? What is that the tools and, and things that we can implement that you have ideas about implementing in these spaces?
1: So C came about just to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Give special attention and dedication to just serving this population. It's not a community to serve anybody else. we have a lot of organizations to do that. C is just for families and individuals that have um, all types of disability. And it's a it's a place for them to come and know that they're going to receive um, support and not be, like, sent around, like, go talk to this person, go talk to that person. So I decided, like, it's time that we had our own thing Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, you know, other people have their own organizations and they have their own support groups, but we are a culture that's really reserved. We don't like to mix with others, especially the, you know, the language barrier. They don't understand, you know, our culture. The system. So the system, uh, exactly. And so it's really, for me, it was really important for them to be represented by their own people. Mm. For them to get the support that they need from their own people, right. like someone who understands them, someone who is from their community and who's from their culture. And I think, um, you know, it's it's not always comfortable for families to come forward. I understand that. Right. Um, but I think it's really important for them to find a space and a place where they can trust that um, what is happening is for their Best interest and for their child's best interest. Mm. And so it was, it's just me feeling like I needed to do more. Mm. <laughs> I, you know, I love what I do. I work. That's great. But I needed to give back to my community because, like I said, Allah has you know, sent me in this direction for a reason. I don't believe that I just, you know, fell into this field to Mm. just work nine to five and be done with it. I feel like I was sent in this direction for a higher purpose, a purpose that I'm just starting to realize, like, okay, I need to do more. Mm. I need to give back to my community. I've always, you know... um, been involved in the community and I've always, you know, liked helping people. I think even before I got into this field, helping people has always been my passion, you know, Mm -hmm. going to nursing, that's just what you do. And so that's, that's what Garupsi is all about is being that support system that, that, you know, that organization that's going to bring um, our community that, that, you know, what it needs for Mm -hmm. every, so that everybody is included, not just a segment of our community but everybody in our community because mm-hmm. people forget uh, these families are part of our communities individuals are part of our communities just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not around right you don't see them because we don't give them the space for them to come and be comfortable in, mm. you know yeah you, so it's not so much of like they're accommodating us this is how i see it mm. they're accommodating us they're trying to make the families, and you know they're trying to make us feel comfortable mm. when we should be when making we should them, be doing it, it, it should be the opposite we should be accommodating them and that's we such a that's
0: a dangerous like and i want to shift into that more like i remember you mentioned earlier like families with withholding their children from you know going to the community mm-hmm. going to the masjid going to the islamic school like subhanallah when you're talking about this stuff I'm thinking about personally like public education, right? Mm-hmm. We did see them. They had different yeah. services allocated just for them. But yeah. I thought about Duxie. I was like, I didn't see one. And I'm just like, subhanallah, so what is that? Is that what what is that a stigma within our community? Or is that just something that's just made from arrogance uh not arrogance, excuse me, ignorance. Right? Um, what is
1: that? I mean, there's a there's a lot that goes into it, you know. Um it's not everything's has a beginning
0: right
1: and i feel like we just haven't gotten to that beginning Mm. yet you know even in the u.s like i said you know kids i'm sure they were not going to school back in the day 60 years when they were being institutionalized you know and so and then eventually they started to train teachers and create special programs special ed i'm not into education so i don't know all the ins and outs of special education i know that you know it could it could be better (laughs) there's still some segregation going on some some kids don't have to be in special ed classes they could be in regular Mm. classes with some assistance you know but for us i think um, a big thing is, you know, we don't know what to do. Our mm. teachers are not trained um, to, our Islamic teachers, you know, right. Islamic schools, they're not trained to teach children with special needs. They need uh, a special way of being taught and and some and it's special skills. You know, people get educated in special education. Mm. And I feel like our community doesn't invest in that special education training mm. for our uh, Islamic schools and Islamic, you know, uh, Quran schools, in order for them to teach, yeah, you know, children with disability. This is really it's really unfortunate because then the kids are not seeing other kids mm. that don't look like them. So they don't they don't grow up knowing and being inclusive. So then, you know, when they do see children with disability, they become a little, you know, distance. Right. Or they're, you know, make fun of them, unfortunately. Mm. You know, and um I myself, um I find this story funny you now, but, you know, as a child, I used to have uh, a kid uh, with uh, Down syndrome in my neighborhood, you know, back mm-hmm. home. And I remember like, you know, this kid would just roam around the streets, you know, just like any other kid, just walking around. But because he looked different, you know, the people with Down syndrome has have distinct different Teachers, futures, yeah. right? It used to scare me, mm. <laughs> you know? Right. I knew nothing about disability. I didn't know what his mm. condition was. I had no knowledge. All I knew was there was a kid. It looked different. It looked scary to me. And right. so I would either turn around, <laughs> go right. back home, and wait for him to pass. Mm. Or, you know, walk on the other opposite. And it's not the kid's fault. Right. But, you know, that's that's what we're dealing with. That's that That's mm. what I grew up knowing. So imagine... Actually, my surprise when I first got my employment, (laughs) working uh, at a group home, the, the first person I met was someone with Down syndrome. Wow and that was like oh okay (laughs) right like i knew nothing i didn't interact i didn't see anybody you know much in the community and alhamdulillah like now i can look back and appreciate those moments but we have our children still unaware of you know other children Mm. and not understand so i think one it has to do with educating our teachers Mm -hmm. i think that's really really important for our teachers to take the time and put in the effort and the resource to educate themselves so that they can learn how to educate these children. Mm. You know, families should be able to bring their kids to the massages. Every family wants our, their kids to, you know, um, frequent the masjid right? right they want their kids to grow up in the masjid mm. um, and these families are no different and
0: find find comfort find, find home find solace yeah. in and the masjid
1: companions and friends within the masjid right. they're no different you right. know families with spe- special need kids they're no different mm. subhanAllah and, you know so
0: wow I I, think I, we I, need I, to r- I agree 100% subhanAllah you know when you talked about teaching you know this actually one of the re- main reasons why I actually reached out to you is because so for in the quarter, I took a special education course mm-hmm. for my major. And then uh, this quarter, I'm actually also taking a, a, another special education course. And a lot of the things that I've been learning, subhanAllah, have been just super, super eye-opening. Yeah. Uh, not only for me going back and reflecting, but also just thinking about, inshallah, my work as a fu- in the future. Right now, I'm an education major. Okay, uh, nice. So inshallah, I do hope to teach in classrooms. Yeah. Maybe not in the West, but... I do hope to also for those who have listened to maybe a few, uh, previous episodes, like study the mm-hmm, deen mm-hmm. and also give back to the Islamic schools, right? Yeah. With, pers- with 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 um, with an education that's rooted in theories of learning and teaching in multicultural societies, and and things like this, theories about teaching kids with special education, knowing laws and procedures, and all this. And what I what I found is that Subhanallah, if we're going to talk about like the school system by itself. Uh, it's it's unfortunate but at least it's a lot better than our our situation Mm -hmm. and when you talk about the um the islamic schools uh, i'm not trying to blame anybody right Uh, because that's not i'm not here to blame but it's like that that resource is not there it's not there but it's so critical Yep. so in the like let's like maybe look in the future in a in a hopeful side you know cuz you talked about how we're falling behind what would you we're hope we're behind
1: we're not falling. we are we're we are, <laughs> we are behind, behind you know but what would yeah. you
0: what do you have inshallah as a hope for a future in terms of our community what do you hope to see st- things set in place that will kind of make us catch up or even exceed because as a ummah yeah. we should be the ones that are leading the forefront right right and right and I talk exactly. about this I talk about this a lot on the podcast it's just like I'm looking at the ummah and again not blaming anybody but it's like subhanallah like look at our state like yeah we should be the ones that are really leading the forefront yeah. people looking at us and be like wow look at yeah. them social services education yeah. social sciences you know yeah. so what do you what are you hopeful for
1: what inshallah? do I envision for our community yes. well um, so let's just go back a little bit to you know the like our the education system I'm mm. so glad you're taking that I mean we need more people to take a, um, special education and also teach within our communities because they're the ones that know how to teach, you Mm. know? Um, So for the the future of our ummah, not too far off. (laughs) When I say future, I'm thinking the next year or two, we should be seeing these integrations Mm. happening. And I think, you know, like you're right, we're not blaming anybody. It's just that people are not aware. Like what you don't know, then you're not going to do anything about it. Mm. If you don't know that there's a need for something, then why are you going to, you know, even look into it mm. right so I think the first step is to bring awareness and make our community members recognize that there is a need for this
0: right And I think
1: that comes from, you know, reaching out to the families, which I'm trying to do making them comfortable in coming out and advocating for their kids and saying, this is stuff we need. You know, we we are a part of the community. We give back to our massages. We give back to our local businesses. You should be accommodating us and we're here and we need this support. And so I think that's the first step is, you know, advocacy so that people are aware that, you know, the the individuals are here and they want to be part of their community. And then the second, you know, the second and the third and going on is that we need to actually make it, um, an intentional effort to start thinking about, okay, what can we provide today? What can we improve on and start developing and providing tomorrow? And it's all small steps, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying like just open your doors and this, like everybody just come in and, you know, it's, it's not going to work like that because we know that, you know, it's, it's, it's people with special needs. They need special, um, attention like I said right. earlier you know they need special support right. and so we have to understand what that is and also we and we understand that by asking the families okay what what is what is the support look like for your child and how can we help you come into these settings and be more comfortable um, and and I think the biggest thing is for us to stop worrying about what other people are going to think.
0: Mm. You know, Can you, that's a big thing. That's just a, that's a huge, that? and
1: I think um, a lot of families. This is their major. This is their biggest concerns. Like when I've talked to you know families within our communities, um, it's it's the the it's the way people react. Wow you know when they come to like for example we're using massages because that's that's the place we often go to right Right. um when they come to a masjid with their child they get stares they get questions they get these judgmental looks you know Mm. um and it's uncomfortable for them it will be uncomfortable for any of us right right? Right. they don't like that they don't want to deal with it don't like it um families that are more vocal they'll talk you know they'll they'll talk back but eventually they they get burned out they're tired they don't they don't want to be explaining you know, quote unquote what's wrong with their child, mm. right? There's nothing wrong with their child. God. Allah has created you know us all differently. Mm. you know, and some some people he has created with a little bit more challenge than others. Right. But at the end of the day, we're all the creation of Allah Mm. and we all need to treat each other the way we want to be treated. You know, we we use this wording like, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated very loosely. Mm. You're tested with that when you really see people that are different from you. You know, Right, right. So, how do you treat people that are really different from you? Not, not, you know, just a brother or sister or someone who's, you know, who look like, you know, has a different skin color than you, et cetera, which is those things that we would look at, you know, those Mm -hmm. superficial things, right? right? But we really don't look at, okay, how am I treating when someone who has a child, for example, um we both have a cousin with a disability, right? right? How do you treat someone who when when you know when that mother wants to come to the messages for example with her child who's in a wheelchair who's completely you know um total care um how do you treat that person? Mm. Wow. You know, the, the you hear a lot of stories and because mm-hmm. I'm in this field, of course, I hear a lot of stories, which is really sad and which even drives me more to want to make this change. Um, but the simple things like not simple, but a common thing I hear is like, for example, people with wheelchairs,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, people with wheelchairs. We don't see them a lot in the masjid. You'll probably see one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, a common story like I hear is that when they come to the masjid with their wheelchair Mm -hmm. a lot of times someone will come to them and say oh you can't come in to the prayer area because you know your wheelchair has been outside and you're going to dirty the the prayer rug oh
0: wow that is sad yeah
1: that's 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 unacceptable i know you and i talking about it right now we're Mm -hmm. thinking like how could you you know do that but people are doing that
0: instead of flipping the thinking okay yeah this is this is a circumstance what can we do to be accessible exactly. what can we do can we can we like i don't know can we clean the thing could mm. what do what can position we create, can a, space create a space for them you know yeah
1: why is your first concern when someone is coming to the masjid like mm. what's going to make you uncomfortable or that like, thinking like, about that's your problem like that's your problem and mm. you know you don't see you know the masjid right. is supposed to be a place that um,
0: it's open to all of us yeah. Mm. You know? And when you say we, it's open to all of us Can I actually say this real quick So before Let's get ready for this podcast SubhanAllah I was actually um, I was actually watching some YouTube videos mm-hmm. uh, I, I looked up like disabilities in Islam Trying to get the Islamic perspective as well Just to get some insights And I was watching by Umar Suleiman yeah. Love him, he's amazing mm-hmm. uh, And he was sharing uh, He was sharing a, a hadith Where a sahaba, a blind sahaba, came to the Prophet Muhammad and he says, Like, you know, am I, like, am I, am I, basically, he's asking, Should he be going to the messenger when the adhan is called? Mm -hmm. And uh, even though he finds difficulty and stuff like that, and the Prophet Muhammad said, Can you hear the adhan? And he says, yes, I can hear that then. Then he said, like, come. And Umar Suleiman, he just said, talk, he just talked about how that show, the Prophet was just including. Yeah. And he said, even like in the, in the battle, like even when the battles were going on, like... He was the one holding the banner. Mm-hmm. He was, he was a, a, besides Bilal, mm-hmm. uh, he was the one making the adhan, you know. So he these this inclusion. Yeah. And it's not just him, but there was multiple. So it, that just came in my head right now. Surah we have a
1: lot of narration, a lot of hadith narrations about how the Prophet interacted with people with disabilities. You know, one of my favorite hadiths is, you know, when the blind man came mm. to the Prophet وسلم, so, so. as he was giving da'wah to the elite of Quraysh, oh, right? So. Um and this is an opportunity for, you know, the Prophet sallallahu so, alayhi so. to bring them over. Right. You know, and, and these are like the elite and the mm. in the when the blind man came to him and he wanted to hear what right. the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was preaching. Mm. You know and and it, he was like, you know, not any disrespect or anything, but, you know, like any human nature, like, right. you know, when you're like almost so close to getting that, you know, to hitting that jackpot, as we would right. call it. Right. Um, and someone interrupts you, someone who's already a Muslim and, mm. you know, it's like, and, and the way Allah has, you know, sent the Quran down for this person, you know, just because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, like, you know, looked away from him and wanted to focus. Allah. You know, we hear these hadiths and we hear these narrations, and we say we Yes. So, and we we hear it. Right. But unfortunately, we, we don't live by it.
0: And you know, I just want to also add on top of that, if the Prophet Muhammad is being Muhammad reprimanded, Muhammad. the most beloved, yes. the most pure, is being reprimanded Muhammad just for like Muhammad. frowning and yeah. turning away from a blind man who is not offended because he didn't see he didn't what's see, going yeah. on. Yeah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saw it. Allah saw it. And how about us? Like, this is the yeah. question that then becomes like, is that not a lesson to us? And how many of us have memorized that surah? Abu mm-hmm, wa Like, mm-hmm. How, how much of that is that a reminder that our beloved Prophet is, is is basically being brought into... Uh, question here mm-hmm. And how about us Do we question mm-hmm. ourselves Do we Do we hold ourselves Accountable yeah. Right To those uh, Our brothers and sisters yeah. In the community
1: And and you know um, You know With the hadith is always a lesson for us Right Allah right. has put The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam In this situation So that he can reveal These mm. verses to us SubhanAllah Right The right. Quran is, is For all time For all places And for all people Right You know, what? um, so it might not seem like a big deal, you know, at the time to some people. Mm. But Allah is telling us, like, how are you treating people, you know, with disabilities Mm. in our community? And that just kind of, when you said that, you know, that kind of sent shockwaves to my, you know, to my system makes me emotional because, Mm. you know, we're doing this in the masjid. (sighs) We're turning people away in the masjid you know and I know it's sad and we're not trying to blame you know like you said we're not doing the blame game here but that's where change needs to start
0: it's a a call to action that hey like we need we need to do we need to do something about this you know so my my,
1: my drive kind of is like that's kind of my focus Mm. you know Uh, one of my big focus for Garupsi and is to create that inclusion within our masajids because you know we have events we have Ramadan you know Uh all of us you know, flock to the masjid Tahajut, in Ramadan. You yep. know, we're there all the time, and uh, we don't even think about who's missing out.
0: Mm, wow! You know, wow, that is so. That's powerful. that's
1: kind of my biggest thing. Is like I want to see families be able to bring their kids. Um, they're adults with disabilities, mm. and come hang out too at the masjid. Come have iftar with us, inshallah. You know, after How beautiful <laughs> the would pandemic, that be? you know, it is beautiful thing, and 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 we're we're um, neglecting a whole population here Mm. from being a part of that you know know. and that was one of the one of the early years of me just thinking about this stuff is when i used to see you know my friends um come to the massages but they would take turns coming because someone had to stay home Mm. with you know their sibling because they couldn't all come together wow so that 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 was just you know my right. early. So my vision for my for a community is really just simple. It's mm. just seeing that seeing that vision come to life. Mm. You know, seeing that inclusion and seeing just everybody just interacting. It's not a lot to ask. It's not. Um, but it takes effort, mm. and we need resources in place. You know, it's not going to be easy, but we need resources in place. But I think th- the first step is for you to just stop. You know. Um, turning people away Mm. with your reaction with your words with your stares you know
0: something just came in my head right now subhanAllah I remember I was at the masjid not too long ago and I remember there was like someone making like some noise in the back Mm -hmm. and it was just like some like thing that couldn't really make sense of it but I made a and I was curious but I just made of a point just to like not pay attention Mm -hmm. but because I knew that we don't know like what that person might be there with family or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and us all looking back or doing something like that. Imagine like you just by you saying reaction, right? Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. should be cognizant, reflecting, critical of our own thinking of our own behavior. Saying, okay, there's someone, they don't mean to be doing that you know yeah. there this may be a disability so i'm just going to keep my head forward yeah. this is their space they can be themselves
1: exactly you know so yeah. that that just came it's my it's th- something that simple and i'm not saying like ignore right that the person looks different you know how people are like you know i don't see color this and i'm not saying that like i'm not right. saying don't recognize that someone has a disability right but there's disability is secondary mm. first and foremost they're a human being just like you and i mm. and they have a right to be where they want to be um and you recognizing that is just saying like okay i can tolerate whatever they're doing mm. so for you you know that noise some, someone else might be might have been really annoyed by that right you know
0: right.
1: and it's just saying no right you know i know something might be going on so i can tol- like just tolerating that exactly you know exactly. and and the type of you know behaviors that people with disabilities and i'm not going to sugarcoat it some some people have really challenging behaviors mm but there are solutions to that there are support systems in place for that and one of the one of the roles inshallah i want to help with families is accessing these resources that are available to them in the community like you know within, within the state or and making sure that they're giving their their child the best possible chance of being out and you know interacting with other people mm-hmm. i think that it's just a matter of you know um teaching the kids how to um how, not not to completely eliminate disability you can't eliminate right. you know these things like i said you know allah has created them this mm. way for a reason right. um but you can help them live with it mm. you know in a in a way that's more manageable right and those supports are available i would love to see our own organizations bringing in those supports to mm. to provide to the families mm. so inshallah you know so it's just a matter of you not turning around and staring and you know being (laughs) judgmental being judgmental and acting frustrated because you you don't have to think about that stuff you can walk you can walk out and you can you know you know do whatever you want but but, um so yeah so just just those things unfortunately and are big in our communities and i think it's um it's it's about time that We we just stop doing that. <laughs> uh, yes. Simple. It's just stop doing that. I think I
0: think a lot a lot of this has to do with like empathy, yes, self awareness, yes, yes. just things that are like so mm-hmm. basic, so human, so basic. and also are pivot like just mm-hmm. tremendous in our faith, right? Mm-hmm. Monumental in our faith. These type of attributes.
1: implementing the verses w- that we recite,
0: mm-hmm. you know, Subhanallah.
1: the hadiths that we hear and we recite, right. implement it, mm-hmm. you know. And it's good to be reminded sometimes, you know, we're human beings and we forget and we go about our day, but mm. it's good to be reminded. And when you are reminded and just putting more effort.
0: Mm. 100%. And and
1: it takes practice. Right. I get it. You know, I, I I've been doing this for like over ten years. Like mm. I know for me it seems really simple. It's like why why can't we just you know turn a switch and mm. make everything okay? But right. I also know that it took me time to integrate. You know, right. and to adapt. And I know it's going to take us time too. Right. But we need to put in that effort. Mm. And so, inshallah, one of the main goals for C for me is that advocacy part. Mm. You know, a part of it is helping families navigate the system and access uh, services, but also a big part is advocating for that accessibility and accommodations, you right. know. Right. So um I, I like to just ask people a question like, like in your day to day how often do you come across someone within our community that has uh you know someone with disabilities just mm. going around you mm. know when you go to the masjid do you think about you know um is this is this door accessible for someone in a wheelchair for example mm. does this building have you know um an elevator or a ramp for someone with wheelchair to access can they e- can they easily just come and go as they please are our are wudu areas accessible you know, mm. those those things like we just have to start thinking about when we go to our supermarkets, like Somali stores, right. if you go to Safeway, the, the hallways are big, right? right? Like their aisles are big. Mm. Anybody can go in. They even when got we carts go, available. They've got yep. carts available for yep. people. When we go into our <laughs> Somali stores, again, no yeah. blame. What you don't know, you can't do anything about. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, our, our aisles are crowded. Mm. if you're not like standing up and walking (laughs) like you know like you and I alhamdulillah you're not going to be able to go into a Somali store and shop there
0: yep that is true
1: I've seen people a couple times but it's not accessible and we have to start thinking about that you know we're investing a lot of you know money and and time you know creating these spaces Mm. so we have to start thinking about making them accessible for people too You know, yeah, hundred percent. So it's awareness, awareness. (laughs) Yes,
0: um, I have a quote that I pulled from your Facebook page. Got up see Facebook page, and I found it very it it, you know it hit me at my core, and I want to read it, and I want to I want you to elaborate on it, insha'Allah. But basically, goes quote: disability doesn't mean inability. If I learned anything in my years of working with people with special needs is that they have a variety of skills. What we need to do is help them capitalize on those skills by giving them the tools and assistance they need. Right. So how can we begin to counter this preconceived notion of disability, meaning unable? Enable. Right. Because yeah. you saying that in your quote, like disability doesn't mean inability. So can you elaborate on this and how can we counter this?
1: Yeah, um, I have seen that, you know, that word, that statement, disability doesn't mean inability. This is something that, you know, disability advocates use a lot. Mm. And for me, when I was writing that, I was just thinking about, you know, the the, the type of people that I work with. The variety of um, abilities that they have, like we touched on it earlier, you know, you have people going to work, you have people going to school mm. outside of high school, you know, higher education, seeking higher education. Right. So you have people doing various things. You have people living in their own, you know, homes actually, right. not with even family, by themselves, um, and maybe they just need assistance, you know, managing their money or maybe keeping upkeeping their house, cleaning, and things like that. And so when I wrote. That that quote. I was just thinking, like, we really need to start paying attention on what the things that people can do, mm-hmm. instead of focusing on what they cannot do. Mm. You know. And so, for me, it starts with asking the person.
0: Right.
1: You know, what do you need support with? Mm wow yeah so um and then and then you can find out from there on like you know for me we've done a, we do assessments right with people and we assess their support needs in all areas of life you know mm. from what you need support with from waking up to the time you go to sleep right. know, we don't think about those things we don't we don't. <laughs> so and that that's that's what, what basically that that you know that statement is about is for us to start being aware of like, okay, so okay, you have a disability, whatever that may be. Um, so what can you do? Mm. Um, I, I like to go back to employment, um, which is a big thing because you and I, when we finish school, you know, mm. we expect to get a job, right? Right. Um, it's no different from other people too, you know, that have uh, people with disabilities. So, like, you have people that are really high-functioning, people with autism that that are really high-functioning. They can get employment um, with a little assistance to mm. no assistance. Mm. Um, you have people that, for example... Um, Seek higher education. I actually have worked with people. I do work with people now, um, that go to college. They go wow. to UW. They, they live on campus some. Um, awesome. they even go to international programs. Like I have someone right now who, um, you know, she got accepted to a, a, a program abroad. She's wow. in college. And this person is total, total care in a wheelchair yeah she's not able to do physical things for herself, but intellectually mentally she's there right. She can communicate, she can advocate for herself um she's born with this disability that just paralyzed you know her from um the waste of basically you know mm. her <laughs> full body, except being able to communicate, writing her email, advocating her advocating for herself for the things that she needs. she says, I want to live on campus.' Mm. You know, I want to go to the school and she has a caregivers around the clock. Wow. To be able to meet her, you know, day to day activities. She has people going to school, like the classes with her to take notes for her, you know. And now she's seeking opportunities outside of the country, you know. Right. And when you, when, when someone like that, if we see someone like that, Mm -hmm. we would automatically, automatically assume that, oh, this person is just, you know, wheelchair bound and that's it. She can't mm. do anything and she needs someone around all the time, which is partially true. Mm. But she's also going to be a college graduate. Wow. You know, she's going to have experiences that some of us don't have, right. <laughs> you know. Right. So things like that. It's mm. I know it's, it's, it, seem, it might seem like impossible to some people to hear, you know, but because I'm exposed to, like, so many people. Right. I'm able to see, like, the, the abilities that people can have mm. if we just give them a chance to explore that.
0: And I think that's the most important part because hearing that, like, let's say there's a mom mm-hmm. listening or if our parents that are listening with kids with special needs. Yeah. Let's say there are people that we know in our community who are special needs, right? Mm-hmm. Hearing stories about these, the realities of this happening, people who are... And I love how you're talking about capitalizing on what they can do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy Mm -hmm. to focus on what they can't do, right? Maybe they need full time care, but they also are. There are some people who can actually do a lot of what they of what we can do, and and more in their own way. So it's capitalizing on those strengths to really execute on opportunities, give them the opportunities, and spread awareness that this is possible, so that they can achieve all that and more. so, so Again,
1: that. it just goes back to, you know, awareness, spreading awareness, mm. um, getting out of our comfort zones, you right. know. Um, a lot of times it's just that. It's just being comfortable with what we know and staying away with from what we don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just giving families that confidence that y- your child is able to do things if you, one, if you accept that, you have to accept the help. Right. Um, and you know, and two, like, it's okay to be scared mm-hmm. at the beginning. It's okay. But then think about long-term, right. you know, success. You, you want every, every parent wants to see their children, you know, growing up and being independent mm-hmm. and thriving and taking care of themselves and not have, you know, not them having to worry about them all the time. It will be for some people that will be the case you know for so mm-hmm. some people it will be the case that they need you know someone around but also tapping into resources outside so that when you're not available mm. you know where your child or your adult child is going to go
0: right i I, I, I think another thing that i really want to capitalize is like the empowerment part mm-hmm. i remember mm-hmm. one of my class of uh, of over the summer Yes. I had to watch a documentary on Netflix. It was called Rising Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix and it's amazing. It was one of the first things we had to do for our class. And it's, it just came out uh, on Netflix. And it is a documentary of um, it's something called the Paralympics. They have it mm-hmm. um, during the, um, the Olympics, right? Yeah. They have mm-hmm. it. And it's like all these people with different physical disabilities. And the way they designed the documentary was like all these people... And the, the way they conveyed them in their story was, like, literally a yeah. superhero. Yeah. Like, you see these people with no legs. You see these people with no arm. Wallahi, like, there was this girl who had, like, no, um, no from, the, from the hip down. Like, basically, she mm-hmm. was gone. Her arm, like, I think it was her arms were, like, at the elbow, gone, yeah. right? And it was a genetic disease that over time, those things, I think, they had to mm-hmm. get amputated. And she used to do fencing. And because of this disability, she yeah. wasn't able to do that. But she actually found a way to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you hear about this guy, like there was this guy, uh, this little kid from, I think he was eight years old, mm-hmm. lived through the Rwanda, I think, genocide. Mm-hmm. And like he was like, s- like chopped mm-hmm. up be- from this um, genocide. Yeah. And he was adopted by a family in France. And this guy, subhanAllah, he had these things as a gift that was given to him. That was able to allow him to run for the first time. And this guy became a Paralympics um, athlete, champion, gold medalist. And I'm watching these people. I'm just like, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not able to do this. Yeah. So I'm not able to do this. And here are these people who have overcome the odds, quote unquote yeah. odds. And I really want to drive home the empowerment factor. It's like, they don't need our pity. Yeah, They yeah. need our community. They yeah. need our they need we need each other, right? Yeah. That's that's I want to drive out. And uh so how I just wanted to share and, that.
1: And we need and if you're not going to support, I would say get out of the way. Mm. You know?
0: Wow. You're like, if you're not
1: if you're not going to be that support system for them, and I think that's one of the again, main issues, right? People just they're always dwelling on being inconvenienced themselves. Mm. You know, like when a person with a wheelchair comes into the masjid, oh, you know, you're going to dirty the carpet. Mm. You know, when a mom brings a child who has, you know, like, you know, who's making noises and things like that, oh, you're distracting us and we can't focus yeah things mm. like that. so if that's all you're there to do, then you know you're not helping, you're not helping. so get get out of the way right. <laughs> you know right. um but if you do want to help mm. just doing that and I think one of the one of the big things um you know people uh western people are really good at you right. know um is advocating mm. like they know there are things out there that is that is gonna make it easier for their child to navigate the world right yeah um and they tap into those things i can tell you you know stories of the things that i have approved that initially people don't get
0: can you you share like an instance
1: um so and and when you ask for something Mm -hmm. the first response is a no like you know why do you need this you know your 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 day-to-day you know tasks are being met Mm -hmm. but there are things available that could enhance Um, the capabilities of people with special needs. For example, you know, um, someone who's Mm nonverbal, they can't communicate, right? Right. Uh, We see that often with people with autism. You have, you know, some people are nonverbal. Right. But they can learn how to use like an iPad, for example. Mm. They can use, you can teach them, they can can either learn how to, you know, write uh, and communicate that way, or Mm. some people can communicate through pictures. Mm. But that iPad is going to empower that person right. to be able to communicate their needs mm. to someone else. Mm. When they don't have it, then they're relying on you to interpret their sounds and their gestures, which is really hard to do, right? right. So something simple as, okay, is an iPad going to help you communicate? Mm you know so those are things that we kind of do get provide to families is you know um funding to be able to buy these ipads and uh get apps you have to there there are some apps communication apps that they can download but if um somali people like i like to use just my own people (laughs) they don't know this stuff they're not going to ask for it Mm. and if you can't advocate for that need then your response the first response is going to be no and if you're like okay <laughs> then that's it right but i've i've seen people push for more than that you know okay. and it requires a lot of documentation it requires justification and explanation but you know at the end of the day you're you're you want what's best for your child you know what they need if it's out there go get it
0: so really quickly i'm really curious Let's say there's a fact because I know you could you've worked in Washington State, so you're familiar with mm-hmm. Washington State. So where does one go to get those resources? Where do they look into?
1: Um, so for starters, like Washington State alone, we have a lot of different you know um, departments that serve different people with disabilities. So we have like aging and disabilities that's mainly due to people who have disabilities due to aging. Right, okay. that's what we're familiar with. Um, they have their own department. And so if you need supports from there, mm-hmm. you would call their um, their number, which is available. Again, if you need support, finding numbers and things like that, just reach out to me and I'll give you my contact, um, you know, to put in your <laughs> there you go. thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it starts with a call. It starts with an application, um, depending on your need. For my department, um, there are certain criterias you have to meet. Uh, to be eligible and so one of the things is like you have to be born or um, a, have a disability before the age of 18 so mm. most common thing um, is like you, you know let's say you're eight, like 16, 17 and God forbid you know like you had an accident and mm. you have brain injury um, and it's going to be lifelong condition mm. and that's one of the requirements is a lifelong condition disability that's the, the population that we serve and so if that's going to be the case and you've been diagnosed and this is going to be a permanent thing um, and of course you know everything is in the hands of Allah but yeah. we can just go by our own human judgment yeah. um, then you again just reach out to the um it, you know, it's online. And if you can't, you know, if you can't navigate online, again, that's what GutFC is here for. There you go. I can direct you to the right resource, basically. Um, and it's just calling and filling out an application and, um, they will determine your eligibility based on the documentations that you submit that you need. And that's, that's hard for a lot of families, right? Language barriers is mm, really hard to understand. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm here to make that easier. I'm here to make that process easier. And another thing is, like, okay, let's say you don't have any services right now. Your child is an adult. Right. Um, they're out of school. They're home. You, you don't know what to do. Um, again, there are community activities out there that you can enroll, and it's, it's for special needs children and adults. They're, they're out there.
0: Right.
1: But I would love to see us create one within our, you know, Community, mm, right. create an after school program or day program for adults, mm. things like that. And that would require us coming together, like you said, you know, right. coming together and pulling our resources and our strengths to create um, a program for adults where they can go out in the day and just be out of the house and be around other people and as a caregiver you know as a parent you also get that break you need that break Mm, you know we can we can create that i see big things happening for us you know in the community and so yeah and i would say you know if you are interested in getting involved um i would love to have you know i love to partner up with community members people that um that want to be part of this work Mm -hmm. and um and if you are if you are family member with a special needs definitely you know we, we need you we need your voice mm. you know we need you to speak up basically
0: gotcha gotcha well yeah. it's <laughs> a lot. I think I learned a lot I, I want you to leave with a uh, a question here it's a pretty it's a pretty big question it's a call to action on such an integral and essential matter uh, raising awareness for people with disabilities but what message would you like to leave behind a grand message um, to wrap up this, um, to for this to wrap up this podcast, what do you think?
1: I think we we talked about it bits and pieces over here, but right. I, for me, really, the biggest thing is it's really simple, mm. you know. Um, treat people the way you want to be treated.
0: Mm.
1: You know, it's I know it's easy said than done sometimes, right. but this is what is really needed. It's we need to stop. Um, we need to stop stigmatizing disability. Mm. It's not a sickness. It's mm. not an illness. Someone people are not going to be cured from it, you mm. know. And we need to really just remember that, um, you know, as a community member, we're big on um, being uh, what. It, what do you call it, a collective, collectivism, right? We're really big on coming together. It takes a village to raise a child, Um, you know, community always coming together when there is an issue. We don't do the same for families that have children with disabilities. They're they're isolated, they're disenfranchised. We don't think about, you know, what they need and we need to do that. So just check on your neighbor, you know, just your neighbor. We're all, you know, so many of us have neighbors that have a child with disability. I've had, you know, one. Mm. Check to see what they need help with. What do you need support with? Teach me about, you know, your child's disability so Mm. I can be a better support system for you. Mm. You know? so individually that's just what we can do is just reaching out to your neighbors stop like you know labeling people stop just you know um again (laughs) i will repeat this again and again because it Mm. happens again and again Mm. you know just stop with the judgment stop with the questions if it's not a helpful question don't ask Mm. you know don't say something like what's wrong with your child you know? Can you imagine? That's such a hurtful question. <laughs> it's offensive, right? You yeah. know. So, as a community member and our community leaders, mm. let's talk about it. Yeah. Talk about disability. When you have events, when you have your qutbas, talk about it. Mm. You know, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about our youth and the issues that are going on, um, and that's great.
0: Right.
1: You know, but also talk about how we can better support and how we can understand. Um, people with uh, disabilities and how can we support them in our community how can we be more inclusive and welcoming um so i know that's that's a lot but Mm. honestly it's just one thing
0: Mm.
1: you know it's just being being inclusive and supportive for your for your community members
0: Mm.
1: you know one thing i want i would love to do is hold workshops workshops um, where you're educating the community in general not just people with disabilities and their families because they already know they're dealing with this on their day-to-day right. but you and I who don't have you know um, you know siblings or kids with disability you and I are the ones that need to learn right. how do we better interact right. how can we be that support system mm. so got up C again it's all about advocacy inclusion and support for people with disabilities within our um, Somali and Muslim communities here in Washington. Um, again, if you want to be involved, I do have my Facebook page that I just set up. So that's up and coming. And so inshallah, I, I, I just see, uh, you know, this, this this is for the community. This is not for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just a, a vehicle, you know, right. to bring this change into our community. Right. And we all can make that difference.
0: And what is the next direction as of now for Garupsi?
1: So the next direction for Garepsi, inshallah, I wanted to start hosting a Q&A session, monthly Q&A sessions at the end of um, every month, the last Sunday of every month. I want to just do, you know, one hour of Q&A. So if you have any questions, just hop into my Zoom. I'll give you the link for, for you to post there. Um, and uh, start hosting community events com- uh, for the community members, so workshops, inshallah. I would love to do it at our misadgets because that's where people come mm. that's where people need to hear right. um so i w- would love for our messages to be open to this because mm. we need their support we do we, we do need their we support <laughs> <We do. laughs> um and yeah and then just go from there you know uh just just bringing these voices out bringing the mm. families giving them a voice Um, And making them comfortable and making them part of their communities again. We forget that these families, before they had a child with special needs, they were once upon a time just, you know, going about it. Just you and I, right? Mm. They had their friends. They had their community members. They were, you know, just integrated. And now it's like all of a sudden Mm. they're not.
0: Mm. Right, right. And, you know, one, one thing that just came to mind, subhanAllah, like when you mentioned... The, the the example that you gave really like God forbid being in an accident mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. you have a disability and and the thing that you keep reminding is like treat others how you would like to be treated you know Subhanallah I mean how would you
1: want to be dis- treated if you had a disability and we ourselves have seen a relative right right who was healthy just strong just you and I mm. and one day they had you know a stroke. Mm. And now they're bed bound, need support around the clock. They can't do anything for themselves.
0: May Allah give her shifa amin, May Allah amin. heal her as soon I, I, as possible. you know, it's
1: just uh, just a reminder. You know, mm. this can happen to all of us. You know, Alhamdulillah that Allah, May Allah, not test us with amin, such great test. Amin, amin. You know, but if if you are tested, if we are tested, right just 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 be that you know how would you want to be treated and
0: another thing is like subhanallah we talk you know people advocate all the time you know people, a lot of people are woke you know yeah, racism yeah, sexism yeah. all this stuff but people fail to realize that people with disabilities are the largest minority group around the world and yeah. people and i actually did not know that up until recently i didn't look at it from that lens mm. so it's like, and it's and it's growing and either someone in our family someone from your family your you children, relative, God forbid, yeah. it your community, your neighbor. So it's like this is this is a reality. This is our community. These are our brothers and sisters, yeah. and we need to be there for each other. Yeah. And um, as um as a community, um, and as a family, and we need at, at to large. just
1: we need to just do better. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. We Inshallah. really need to do better. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. So that's
1: well, all it comes down to. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much, Umi. I truly appreciate yeah. it. I thank you so much for coming. I Wallahi alhamdulillah, you coming on. Thank
1: you, thank you. I'm try. I'm trying to keep this, you know,
0: <laughs> right
1: short. But you know, this is this. If you want to just talk to me about it, you know, if you want to brainstorm, um, you know, just give me a call. Like I said, I'll give you, you know, the contacts for God up C. You'll put it in your link. But okay. um, yeah, I'm just here to you know connect with community members and get this get the get the ball rolling. Start right. talking. So I really really appreciate you just giving me this platform to share you know what i do and what i love to do and what i'm passionate about um and inshallah may allah just make it easy for all of us I and I, I you know make make it up see and and our community a success for you know for this uh initiative and movement that is um uh, much needed right. way overdue I mean, uh, <laughs> way I mean, overdue we do need it alhamdulillah.
0: Yeah. and i hope so thank uh, you of course of course thank you so much Umie, for coming on again yeah. um for those who this impacted please go ahead check out Ummi's page uh, i'll go ahead add all the links to the description all that inshallah uh, so okay guys if you guys enjoyed this go ahead like share subscribe and you know if you guys are rolling with uh and riding for takiyah go ahead ride with get up see it, inshallah yes yes uh, and inshallah we'll see you guys on the next one all right Adikram, Adikram.
1: everybody.